hey kids, you uh, you trying to get into Segment City? Well, you really shouldn't, because Segment City is a mature podcast, and listener discretion is advised. I'm just trying to look at, I know I'm in an alleyway, I know, I know how I look, but I got some fireworks for you kids. I got snakes and I got sparklers, that's all I got. Oh, don't give me that. Today I heard what can only be described as a gaggle of boys. A giggle. And they were a gaggle of boys. And these boys were making a ruckus outside my my <laughs> house. My the, domicile. The disrespect. Oh my god. And I peer out in the the way that a old grumpy man like you, myself you peel down you peel down the, the curtain a little bit yeah i i peer through the curtain and uh-huh. i go what are these what are these yeah, boys what are you doing doing all this hey, youth all this life get it out of here street hockey playing street hockey <laughs> no they were right outside my door like maybe slightly off they right. had a small little like children's uh like picnic table thing like it, it, it was seemed like it was all connected like plastic do you okay. know what i mean like a tiny little uh table with benches built in and they were selling lemonade on my street which is in <laughs> a very busy street now so if it's on your doorstep are you entitled to free lemonade? to part of the i should have asked these boys i should have come out i should you have said, kicked y- the door open being like Where's my money, boys? <laughs> no, not money. Just one free. Le- you're entitled. It's your uh, your selling ground. It's your property. It's your primo real estate. You're entitled <laughs> to one ice cold lemonade. I did consider because I have lemonade in my fridge. I did consider offering them lemonade. <laughs> no, you have to consider starting bet. your own rival lemonade stand directly next to them. You want to buy from these kids or a grown ass man? Hey, what are, I know I what I'm the, doing. I've established I, a routine. <laughs> I, have, I went to business school. I have an MBA. I have a business <laughs> plan. I would have to pour it from the because I can't just pour it from a container. No, That's you reselling. have to pour it. I would have to pour, it, have to pour into it into a, a separate a, container. Yes. And that that I'm not about that. That's too much work. Did you I'm sit there and drink right. your own lemonade while watching them sell their lemonade? Yes, like a like a decadent Southern gentleman. I can't believe you didn't go what out and buy. What are these boys doing? Buy the, they're also jumping the gun. It is <laughs> check check my watch. It's April. What are they doing yeah. on the lemonade stand? That's it jumping is the gun. When we're recording, <laughs> so <it's>, <laughs> they are. It was warm enough that they the boys are out, but they they're trying to get that hustle. Do you think everyone's they, struggling? Did you, out did you get us? Did you get a sense for uh, the business they were doing? How how are they doing? Uh, when I looked out, there was uh, it, it. I mean, technically bad, bad location. Okay, busy street, con- like usually Constant congested. Traffic, yeah, they pulled up onto the curve. This giant truck. What? And they were like bartering with them. And I was just like, you were holding up traffic. Like, this is insane. This is the worst place in the world to do this. But the only worst place would be on like a highway or something. Like, I, because we're right off of, of Main Street. So, anyway, Main Street here in Segment City. Mm. Oh, getting right into it. My name is Will Kane, and I'm a lemonade entrepreneur. And I'm Theo Sapakos, and they call me. 
I'm I'm kind of like the famous Amos of of lemonade. You know, I'm I, <laughs> it's one of my I'm just, famous lemonadus. The cookie. Do you, here's a question. Famous lemonadus and digest that. I've heard somebody say lemonade and cookies. Do those go together? Well, huh. I was going to immediately say, yes, snack food and summertime treat. Yes. But mm. cookies, ginger snaps. This is where we need to go with this. Ginger snaps. That's what pairs well with lemonade. Ginger that, and lemon. That would pair well. The fact is, though, I think people are having like chocolate cookies, chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> with I don't know that that pairs. I don't think that pairs. I don't think it's the worst pairing. No. But it's not a good pairing. You're pairing tasty thing, tasty treat with tasty treat. It's not a bad pairing. But do the flavors no. complement? Probably not. You know, it does complement our comedy styling. All the great segments that we get for you guys. This is a show in which Theo and I dumpster dive through the internet. And we get those juicy segments out of there. Ooh, we're going on Amazon. What are we getting on Amazon? Mm. Not products. We're getting some Not products. Shit. Filling our backlog it, with bullshit. We are filling our <laughs> backlog with, with bullshit. Anyway, my, you know what? I'm going to... I'm going to actually change. I had a Will Stupid thought. I'm going to change it because uh, of the little, to get back onto lemonade versus with cookies, what's a a combination that people like that you don't get? That I, I don't get. I will give you a second to 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 think about it. Mm. But there there are some strange pairings that people do for food and drink. For a long time, I didn't understand, and I still to some degree don't understand, um, things paired with cream cheese I find odd. Mm, like uh, cream cheese and, and jam was one for a while I didn't really get. I think it's fine. Mm. It's fine. Uh, cream cheese in sushi. Mm. Um, no. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm like with Philadelphia I'm gonna, or whatever. Yeah, I'm yeah. not into that. That's not really a pairing, but I guess pair cream cheese and sushi. I'm not into that. <laughs> cream cheese is just too overpowering. Yeah. of a, a substance so it just becomes i'm eating some cream cheese now just and it also makes cream cheese. that is on the same level of like cottage cheese where it just turned it is cellulose yeah it is just it it doesn't even need to convert into fat it is just like goes right to your hips i've thought of one that might be a very spicy meatball take Ooh, i don't totally understand the appeal of toasted bread with butter Ooh, that's. I think words. that's a fighting words. Ooh, Do you like a nice, uh, fresh bread? Like See, what? That's, what kind that's, of, you that's, have a- that's the distinction, right? Like fresh bread with butter. Yes, a hundred percent fresh bread. But we are talking about out of the oven fresh bread. But I'm yeah. talking about if you take the loaf pre-sliced loaf of go, bread you out of your Wonder, fridge. You, if you you're taking Wonder like bread. if you're taking yeah. bread out of your fridge, toasting it mm-hmm. and putting butter on that. I genuinely don't really understand the appeal of that. I'm like, there are so many better things around the house to be putting on that piece of bread if you're really in the mood for that toast. Around, around the house. Around the house. I got a dust bunny over here. Maybe you could No, throw you that know what there. I mean. I mean, like peanut butter. Some, there's yeah, some there, jelly. Okay. Like, there are other things you can be putting on that bread. Butter is sort of like a last last ditch resort. And at the point at which I'm considered considering buttered toast, I'm I'm just finding a new snack. If somebody butter to- i would i don't hmm. i don't think i would have that much buttered toast by itself it's usually with something else i it goes with like italian fruit but for example sure a nice like buttered roll ooh baby that's some good stuff 
I yeah, I think why you would toast like Wonder Bread, like a slice of Wonder Bread, is because nobody's gonna just eat Wonder Bread. Yeah, but and the why toast are... <laughs> goes well with, with butter because it like because it's dry. It's a dry thing with something that maybe, moisturizes. Maybe it. I just don't really connect with eating toast all that much. I mean, I I eat toast like in the context of like toasted bread for for a sandwich, a, but like not a crunchy boy. But yeah. bread with like eggs, I'm pretty okay without the butter in that equation you know i'm i'm okay with just toast mm. and eggs it doesn't have to be toast and butter and eggs because it's like dumping oil onto your whole bread situation i need that crisp no. no if i went to a diner and they offer me toast and it was just dry ass toast and they're like no butter for you what are you <laughs> neanderthal what are we in the fucking 15th century no baby you're gonna have this dry ass bread with some dry ass eggs okay you're gonna like it how do you get dry eggs i don't understand how did you make eggs scrambled they scrambled it too hard it's dry too much scramble they scrambled it too hard what What are you trying to put some ketchup on that scrambled what are the example of pairings that you wanted to bring to the table for me (sighs) you know what's a pairing that I have that I think other people don't like or don't, wouldn't think of is I, for some reason, like uh, like spaghetti or like pasta with tomato sauce with milk. Like I will drink milk with it. Mm. It is a very I think it's like because milk is a clearing kind of like mm. it, it barges through your, your esophagus. Maybe it's something to do with the, the basic nature of the milk and the acidic nature of the sauce maybe there's something there i i feel like pasta and red sauce and milk is definitely brings me back to my childhood like that is just Mm. a that's a weeknight dinner at my childhood household like parents throw together this is an easy meal and we would always drink milk when i was a kid in my household they i still go home and my dad my dad still he's in his 60s He, he still drinks milk like a glass of milk My a couple of times a day. I don't understand. I, it's I a dad like thing. It's a I dad thing. I don't know. It's a dad thing. I think there's a lot of things that just kind of <laughs> people. I got in an argument with. It wasn't really an arg- argument. It was one of those. Any we were talking about um, Catholic mass. Like we were just talking about Catholicism for for whatever reason. I, I'm not going to go into like the full <laughs> like why we got into that conversation. But I was like, me and my dad would. Uh, rate the Eucharist, which is the little like <laughs> thing of bread. We would be like, "Ooh, the good flavor, nice crunchiness." And she was like, "Crunchiness? What do you mean? Are you biting into the Eucharist?" Like, and I'm like, "Oh, guys, what else are you gonna do?" <laughs> this body said, of Christ is absolute trash today, guys. Don't go to this church. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, you say today. that, but we would be like, "Not, good, not that good this week. <laughs> Pretty bad." Um, but she was like. What do you mean chew it? You, you just let it dissolve in your mouth. Yeah. And I was like, what? what? And those she's little like, wafery yeah, cackers, you just put them on your you put it on your tongue and it dissolves into nothing. I agree with Daniel. It is so she was like, my mother told me in no uncertain terms that you have to do this. And so we looked it up and it used to kind of be a thing, but it's not really. Okay. Like there's a whole the, the Catholic Church is like ancient and <laughs> weird and has a bunch of convoluted right right right. yeah but they did a thing in like the fucking 60s or 70s where they were like maybe we should like update it and so they (laughs) came up with something called what people call vatican ii and so (laughs) they were like you can yeah they literally called it that (laughs) there's a there's a whole like (laughs) there's a lot of weird stuff that came from vatican ii which we could probably do entire segments on like vatican ii i've never heard of vatican ii that's incredible 
Vatican II, like an example of like a weird, there's a uh, exorcism that's very famous of uh, Annalise Mikkel, who's like a German girl. I'm not going to get into a whole story, but the, if you learn anything about the story, the priests that did the exorcism on her and like didn't get her medical help were against Vatican II. And they wanted to show everybody that demons actually existed. Okay. Because they, <laughs> they were like, the old style will help us. Mm-hmm. And they were like, weird kids. So there is like the fact that the church was changing at all made people furious. And of course. the most furious of all is the people who like Eucharist melting in their mouth, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the true I'm all about this the- no chew bread. You want me to do this? <laughs> but I, just to answer my own question, I've never, I haven't had this, but I don't understand the flavor profile of when people say put cheese onto pie. I, I Wait, maybe put, it's something you got to try, but it's what? like, cheese? I don't know. Cheese onto pie. Like you'd have apple pie and you put a slice of cheddar on there? Yeah, cheddar or something like a lot. If you're less fancy, you fucking put a craft single <laughs> I, on there. Hey, peop- that sounds like a really quick way to ruin a good slice of pie, my dude. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's one of those things that I just never. I'm like, I, I try to like imagine it in my head. I cannot imagine the flavor profile. That's I don't like that. Anyway, I'm not into that. I do just going back to the milk thing for one second. Every once, probably okay. <laughs> probably once a once a month, I will do a very dad thing, which is pour myself a glass of milk and stand at the kitchen sink and drink <laughs> the glass of milk. <laughs> And very <laughs> probably one out of every five times, I'll be standing there drinking my glass of milk at the sink as I want to do, and my girlfriend will come in and just be like, "Are you <laughs> drinking milk?" I, would, I was about to make a joke about <laughs> your girlfriend coming in and just staring in the dark, and she turns, "Theo, are you okay?" You, you turn I'm around, you're like, "Why do I do these uh, things? Or uh, why? Why I do need I drink my milk?" My bones, Laura, they felt weak for some reason. Just, eh. what are you staring at? I stare at the moon. <laughs> they say it's made of cheese, but I don't think so. The moon is milky white, milky and I white. will be too. I will one day grow big and strong enough to get to the moon. <laughs> one day. I'm gonna start doing that. I'm gonna like, I'm gonna <laughs> gaslight my girlfriend into thinking that I have like a werewolf, oh. and I need to drink. I need to drink milk. To like not don't. become aware. Every full moon, I'm going to start drinking a glass of milk. <laughs> Speak quick, quick sidebar before we go on to your segment. Annie did gaslight me slightly <gasps> with a recipe that she was doing. She was making garlic sh- butter shrimp, which is Delish. everything. All the ingredients are on the box, like in garlic, the title. Butter, shrimp, <laughs> garlic butter shrimp. She was cutting up onions, and I was like, "What are you doing?" Huh. And she's like, "I always put onions in this." And I was, she said it so confidently and so like, I I saw in her, right off the bat, I I stared into her eyes. It was, she was not going to budge. This was something (laughs) that she, I, she looked me in the eyes and said, I put onions in this all the time. And I'm like, I've never put onions into this. And she was like, uh, and I said, okay, like, I'm not going to, I like onions, whatever. If you put onions, it's not going to be bad. And then I walk away and then she came up to me and said, I have to apologize. Um, I thought I was making risotto in my brain, <laughs> which risotto does have <laughs> onions very prominently. And I was like, chill. I, like She was like, it. I scraped it into the pan to, and I said, onions don't go into this. <laughs> 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 she knew. She's like, I fucked up immediately. I love that. 
<laughs> but anyway, let's go on to your magical segment. <laughs> My magical segment for you. Today I've got two tales of Am I the Asshole? And we're gonna play Ooh. Judge Julian Executioner on this on this fateful segment where we yeah. hold the cards to tell you if you're on the wrong. Ooh, I got five aces. What about you? Oh shit. <laughs> Uh, all right, number one coming for to you. I don't know if I should provide you. It's from from user Tian Crow. Yeah, put the username. Why Give him some credit. So, am I the asshole for getting tipsy and acting much drunker when I realized my siblings and cousins were trying to get me to babysit on a trip? Ooh, mm. my family was my family was doing a reunion trip to a resort. I went with my girlfriend and my siblings, cousins, and their spouses and kids. I'm also a girl. Hmm. The first day, a bunch of the couples just seemed to assume my girlfriend and I would babysit when we were hanging out at the beach barbecue, just tell, telling their kids to go to us to play. We'd send them back to their parents a few times, but they complained they were busy and needed a break and ask us for help. But it didn't just feel like helping when it was looking like we were in charge of seven kids all night while their parents were getting drunk. We weren't planning on drinking much. We often don't drink at all, but we decided to grab some cocktails and water. We drank them and then got the idea of pretending to be shit-faced drunk so we'd stop being considered the sober babysitters for the trip. We decided to pretend each cup of water was a, with lime was actually a double shot of soda, vodka soda. So whenever we had one drink, we would act like we had two extra strong ones. I grabbed us another round of cocktails and waters and we started to act, basically getting really boisterous. I purposely, uh, purposely stumbling and swaying on our feet. This brings me to the question, like, if someone was acting drunk, do you think you could call, do you think you could call them out on it? You think you're like, you're not drunk. I mean, I don't know what I would expect them to do. I'm like, are they just going to be like, you figured out my ploy. <laughs> I'm truly not as inebriated as you thought. Good eyes, detective. Now they throw a smoke bomb. <laughs> <laughs> like right away. I'll see I, you yeah, later. You, you can't. They, are they going to go? Because normally it's a drunk thing to go. I'm not that drunk. Mm-hmm. I'm not drunk at all. And right. then you that that shows you're like you are drunk though. You are drunk. And that's how you doth protest this is, too much. This is this is family members though. Do you think you could call out your one of your brothers about being like, I know how you act and you're not drunk? No. No. Okay. I don't think I can. That's fair enough. I don't, that's fair enough. I can't I can't think of any way that I could be like, you're not the you're not fucking drunk. Because I think there's also a social I people have done experiments that I've seen where they give People like non-alcoholic beer and then other mm. people alcoholic beer are they start like everybody tipsy. has a yeah everybody starts acting tipsy right at the same rate so it's a, it's a mental thing so it goes on my girlfriend got up and decided to quote teach me some ballet since she used to be a dancer and she started doing moves messy on purpose and I'd copy them even worse often falling down my sister came over like what the hell are you doing and I slurred my voice on purpose and was like she's teaching me ballet she's so good at it babe show her. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the drunk babe is great. Babe, come on, babe. babe. Then my girlfriend, with great comedic timing, tripped over the legs of the beach chair I had grabbed to help her keep her upright. This is great. This is some this comedy is, duo. This is fun. This is, they're selling it. I like this. They are selling it. Uh, my sister asked how much we had to drink, and I looked at the cups by our chairs. I was like, 
Uh, that was a Long Island iced tea, I think. I had two of those, and those were some vodka sodas, but I think they were double pours, so like four drinks each. I guess they were strong. Hmm. Uh, my sister was like, uh, those were all double or triple pours. That's eight drinks at each at least. And I said, not the iced tea ones. And she said, Long Island iced teas have two or three shots each. And I said, oh, that must be why I'm feeling like, haha, maybe we should switch Whoopsie to beer, Whoopsie. babe. Also, <laughs> after like after like one or two double shots of vodka, I think, I don't know. You're done. Maybe, I, I, you're done. I, I, I don't know done. what your limits are, but you're done. Anyway, after that, my sister went to talk to the other parents, and they all suddenly took their kids back. We'd only had two single pour drinks, so we just chilled for the rest of the night. The next few nights, my girlfriend and I didn't even have to put up much of an act. As soon as we'd grab a single fruity cocktail, nobody tried to make us babysit. But on the last night, my mom caught us about how we'd played drunk, and she asked me what she, what we meant. I owned up to it, and she said we hadn't actually gotten hammered on the first night. We had two single pour drinks each, and that we were just playing so that everyone would stop treating us like babysitters. Well, my mom told my brothers and sisters, and they are pissed, saying that it was immature of us to do, and really immature that we scared them into thinking their kids had been at risk. Am I the asshole for playing drunk? I'm going to say it's bad to lie. Mm-hmm. So partial asshole on that. I would say, uh, I think this is a common thing in families. Where people just kind of go, they delegate. I'm down. tired of my yeah. They yep. go I because I think parents do get tired. It is hard to be a parent, but it's also a responsibility that you can't. It's also shirk your others fucking when they don't job, say right? <laughs> yeah, it's you can't just be like you're gonna be like a fa- if you bring your kids and don't have like I don't know be, like it is expensive to have a babysitter or so like, but it's also like sorry you got to take care of your fucking kids. Like you can't yep. put it onto other people. So I think they're jerks for that. I also wonder it's how bad to lie, but I wonder like, how old the kids are because it's like very yeah. young, very young kids need their parents not to get drunk. If your child is like four years old or under, you sh- maybe even I don't know, maybe even like six or you seven. could have a few, you could have maybe a few drinks, but you're you shouldn't be getting sloshed. No, right? I think would but, be my. But if they're asking their younger sibling to take care of their child who's like eight, and there are a bunch of cousins around to keep them occupied, then you know those those kids are entertaining themselves. It, there's a difference between we're just going to kind of send our kids and saying, hey, would you be okay with seeing – like you create – there's a system. There's communication there. So I'm going to say everyone's a little bit the asshole in right. this situation. I don't think anyone comes away clean <laughs> from this, but it's a, I don't blame the person that much. They came for a vacation. They, they said, I don't want to take care of your kids, and that's fair. But they should yeah. have kind of said that instead of doing yeah. I, it I generally side way. with the people that if if they are expected to take care of someone else's children, I don't think they're ever really the asshole. Is basically my no. take. Like I agree, it's not your problem. You know, no, I, they, you, you didn't choose for them to have kids. <laughs> like right. they are putting their shitty kids on you. Yeah, I don't shouldn't say they're shitty, but they're, <laughs> like well, they we're don't want to be assuming, around them. All right. <laughs> if you don't want to be around your kids, they're probably shitty kids, right? They're probably not that great of kids. Am I right? Am I right? All right, I got one more for you. Am I the asshole for my reasons of no plus ones on my wedding, causing several people not to attend? Ooh. Hmm. I'm getting married, and like every other bride, I too have certain rules that I want for my wedding to go smoothly. One of them is no plus ones rule. Only people named in the invitation are invited. The, criteri- the criteria I have for people who will be who will get to bring their partners are one: both me and my fiance know of your partner and have met your met them. If I know your partner and my fiance doesn't, that disqualifies them, and vice versa. 
Two, if I'd purposely go to dinner with you and your partner. Three, if I'd invite your partner as a separate person anyway and not just because they're your partner. Four, if your partner is also a friend of mine. This mm. I, <laughs> this is mm. already so problematic. This is I subjective. The more that they say, the worse I feel about them. When they fir- the first rule of like no plus ones, I'm like, maybe a little bit too stringent, but right. I could understand like not wanting some rando to destroy your day. But I will also say that from all the stories I've heard of ruined weddings, it's usually like one of the, the closest the mothers, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> or something like it's, it's right. somebody in the family. It's, it's cousin Ted who, you know, is a shithead. I think it's an interesting, like it's actually, I think it's actually an interesting question. Cause it's like when you are planning your wedding, mm-hmm. weddings are expensive and they're, they get massive very quickly. So yes. And, and you end up inviting a lot of people you don't actually know all that well, generally because of some sort of social obligation. So yeah. the question really is like, how can you get away with just inviting the actual people that you want? But that viewpoint is actually like kind of, it's actually very just narcissistic, right? Because you're thinking, okay, it's all about mm. me on my wedding day. But from everyone else's point of view, it's it's non-zero amount of work to go to someone's wedding. It's It's effort and time. And energy to go to someone's wedding they are doing something for you by going to your wedding this is i feel like it would be a hassle i'm imagining this from my perspective i'm invited to a wedding i don't have a car and say my (laughs) girlfriend is like i have to go and do stuff i'm using the car i i would be like i guess i'm not going get there yeah because my girlfriend's not gonna drive barrier so that's that is, by the way, is there more to the story? There is more. There is more. I just, there? Okay, yes. so let's go into the, <laughs> the Those who the meet the criteria get to the bring their partners. If they don't, then they don't bring them. Simple. That also excludes long-term relationships, engaged couples, and married couples as well. I know it might seem harsh, but those are the rules I've decided to set down so we can be more comfortable. It has nothing to do with budget or venue capacity purely our choice so that's a detail several people have denied the invitation to our wedding due to these rules one of them is also my cousin my cousin has been engaged to this girl for one year now and he was upset we didn't include her the reason she was excluded was because my fiance hasn't met her and she's not a person i'd personally be friends with either i told my my cousin how heartbroken i am that he will not come to the wedding due to this and i expressed my i expressed my distaste for the fact that he can't be away from his fiance for a few hours to honor me and my fiance Couples oh, don't have okay. to be together the whole time. That's the line. That's, that's the, the line, line, baby. That's this taste can't be Ugh. around to to honor me and my fiance. The the wording of this, I understand it's your big day, it's, but yep. also you can't have your head so far up your own ass <laughs> in this. Yeah. Like that the, that wording is so snooty. Yeah. And just like, we don't personally know this person. I don't know. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it is, it <sighs> is totally inconsiderate, right? Like, it is. It's completely, it's, it's, especially the detail because she's like, it's not due to budget or, or venue, or venue capacity. Like, then it, it what's, gets, they get to the asshole. It's, I think personally, it's fine to make rules. It's a different thing when you start whining because people can't make it because of your rules. Well, it's also it's also you gave them a choice. Either yeah, you gave them a choice. Either, and you, said either no, you can come, can't, or you yeah. can't, or you won't come. And and they they took one of the two options you presented to them. Like how and you can't guilt. Don't be like, 
Dearest Reginald, I'm sad that <laughs> you cannot attend my wedding. That's the most important part of my fucking <clears throat> life, Reginald. What are you doing? And I, because of your what? Shitty fiance? Get married o- already. I, <laughs> just, just, I don't know. This is one of those things that like breathe. I understand from a certain perspective, but they're taking it too far already. <laughs> I, I think that also the detail being like, I personally wouldn't be friends with her outside of this. Like, just fuck you. That's super shitty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's they're, completely subjective. Totally subjective. And also just like, we don't know them that well. So they aren't going to be a lot. It's like, if you if care you about your, if you care about your cousin, your cousin so much, then you need to open your eyes to the situation. Right. Because they vouch for this person so much that they're like, I've, I'm going to get married to this person and vow to like live my life with them. So you can have yeah. to see them later. I think this is such a big personality difference. That's just like exposed. Like my reaction to this is like me asking someone to come to my wedding is inconveniencing them. So I'm like, would you please like do me the favor and come to my wedding versus this yeah. person who's like, it's all about me. You have to go by my rules. You can't inconvenience me. Day. It's me. It's like, I just like, I don't know. I see the world totally differently <laughs> than that. It, let's get through the <laughs> rest of the story if there is any before we... It's just a little bit in interaction with the cousin. He said, let me let me get this clear. You want me to come honor you at your wedding, honor your love story and all that, but you can't respect mm-hmm. me enough to invite me, my fiance. I can be without my fiance for several hours. Heck, we can spend days apart in vacations with our own separate friend group sometimes. What really bothers me is not being away from my fiance for some hours, but the fact that you excluded her for those reasons. I told him those are the rules. Take it or leave it. He says he minds my rule, He finds my rules extremely dis- disrespectful, but since it's my wedding, he has no say in it. I told him good to stop bullshitting me, then to show his support and respect by attending. He said that while he respects my extremely exclusive and disrespectful rules, I am a fool to believe that he will care more about valuing my wedding over his fiance yep I, yeah you're the asshole sorry sorry not sorry it's, i this is there are different <laughs> so the base premise i don't think gets them to be the asshole i think you can be do right. whatever you want with your wedding that interaction is you were asshole you were <laughs> you were a big asshole because like if they say no you go okay and then you move on guilt tripping them and saying you don't wish to honor me with my throne of bones (laughs) how dare you not come and lay upon presents to at my feet cousin (laughs) and it's to my eternal love and it's like my throne listen you put down some rules i'm saying no and now you're you're being shitty about it so one of the one of the comments that they that this poster has responded to that has negative 2,700 downvotes. Oh, wow. Uh, says, I don't think I tried to guilt trip, but by not attending, to me, it seems like you don't actually respect my rules. That's just so head up your opposite. own ass. That's okay. So- it's, it's okay. Power tripping. Yeah. They're power, power tripping. They're power tripping. <laughs> They're power tripping. You know, Gosh, but you, know could- whose t- you know whose time it is to power trip? It's you with your next segment. It's time for you to power trip. You know who really has a power trip that's actually a fantastic mm. segue into my thing pepsi this pepsi? is wikipedia the makers historian. of the makers of baja blast no this is from business insider so we got in the inside scoop from business insider so wikipedia historian is not always wikipedia we it's really any historian thing it's anything so to do is, with anything it's a catch-all it's a r- real stories yeah any historical stories um 
This is an article by Tim Kirkpatrick from 2018. Uh, How Pepsi briefly became the sixth largest military in the world. What? (laughs) Oh my God, wait, I need to hear about this. Incredible. Okay. (laughs) Almost everyone in the world has a favorite soda that they can enjoy whenever they get the opportunity. But is your favorite tasty drink worth giving up a military arsenal big enough to stock a whole country? Well, at one point in history, the Russians thought so. Hmm... In 1959, then-President Dwight Eisenhower wanted to bring our American culture to citizens of the Soviet Union and showed them the benefits of capitalism. To showcase their ideologies, the American government arranged the American National Exhibit in Moscow and sent then-Vice President Richard Nixon to attend the opening. Old Tricky Dick. Old Tricky <laughs> I'm going to come in. I'm going to destroy those communists with Pepsi. You're going to get fucking addicted. It's me, Tricky Dick. I stuck my dick in one of these bottles. You'll never know. <laughs> Gorbachev's like, I don't know which one. But you know what? It's better than it's anything. A, like, it's still Pepsi. Hopefully it's not right? an empty threat. Uh, hopefully it's not. <laughs> uh, but things were about to take a turn for the worse. Nixon and Soviet leader Khrushchev got into an argument over the topic of capitalism versus communism. Almost oh. like the literally a microcosm of the Cold War. <laughs> Almost if you think the whole thing, it. yeah. Uh, their conversation got so heated that the vice president of Pepsi intervened and offered the Soviet leader a cup of his delicious sugary beverage, and he drank it. Now, Years now, later, now, hold on a second there, mister. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I know you're having a lot of thoughts about capitalism and how it relates to communism, but let me tell you this. Everything's better with an ice cold glass of Pepsi made in America. Everything is cold here. It is miserable. <laughs> oh, this brings light to my life. Sugary Pepsi. I <laughs> I do imagine that it turned like it was like in a uh, old 50s kind of stage play or like a musical. Where one, Nixon's just like doing a song, he's like, with capitalism, you get something. And then they eventually get into a shouting of just like, capitalism, communism, capitalism, communism. And then parting the sea of the, the angry people is the president of Pepsi with a cold glass. And he's like, try this. And he goes, hmm. And then it turns into a big ad for Pepsi. But um, we don't talk about the means of production. No, no. <laughs> years later the people of the soviet union wanted to strike a deal that would bring pepsi products to their country permanently however there was an issue on how they would pay for their newest beverage as their money wasn't accepted throughout the world (laughs) as the money was no good because pepsi is too valuable it's funny how history repeats itself (laughs) isn't it the old oh the poor ruble getting destroyed um so, the clever country decided to buy Pepsi using a universal currency. Vodka! <laughs> in 19, the late 1980s, Russia's initial agreement to serve Pepsi in their country was about to expire. But this time, their vodka wasn't going to be enough to cover the cost. So the Russians did what any country would do in desperate times. They traded Pepsi a fleet of subs and boats for a whole lot of soda. Um, I'm I'm sorry, Yurik, your use of the expression, (laughs) what any country in dire straits would do, that that means some revision, I think. 
The only thing funnier than that is is trading subs for quote a whole lot of soda. What? <laughs> what kind of measurement is it? Do they fill the subs with soda and they're like give it back? Listen, what we can offer you is uh, maybe nuclear secrets. You want nuclear secrets? We can give you that for some Pepsi. Uh, we have. You know, there was one like vice president <laughs> who was like, "You know what? Maybe we could do." It. And he's like, "Shut up! No, we're not going to get the nuclear arsenal." <laughs> For our next promotion, it it could be glowing green. You don't know. It could be, it could sell blue. We could nuke Coke. Have we thought about (laughs) nuking Coke? Uh, Maybe. The new agreement. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a bit? Or, uh, I'm just Guys, like Seven Up is really struggling out there. We can just nuke the Coke facility, (laughs) get rid of Sprite, (laughs) one foul swoop. Just fuck them up. The new agreement included 17 submarines, Holy a cruiser, sh- what? A, a frigate, and a destroyer. <laughs> what? A fucking destroyer. Uh, who, the combined who, who on the Pepsi side possibly condoned this? Who signed off? That's that's the wildest part. Who signed me. off? And somebody what? was like, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. I can't imagine the guy in the tax room who was like, I don't know how we're gonna I don't know how we're gonna write this one off, boys. The <laughs> The combined fleet was traded for $3 billion worth of Pepsi. So they gave, they're just like, here's fucking tankers full. Yes, you read that right. Russia loves their Pepsi. Holy shit. fucking needs it. The historical exchange caused Pepsi to become the sixth most powerful military in the world. So they could destroy Coke if they wanted to. (laughs) And probably like a lot of small countries. For the moment, though, before they sold the fleet to a Swedish company for scrap recycling. So oh they God. fucking scrapped it. It was not worth them. They're like, let's get our money back. And they scrapped the whole fleet. <laughs> uh, that, that, that must is, have been like the CEO was on vacation and whoever was acting CEO was like, well, this, we can't say no. It's 3.2 billion liters. <laughs> we can't say no. That. That's, that's the sale of a century. Are you kidding me? I wonder if one guy was the same guy who was like, maybe we could nuke Coke, was like, could I get a, one of those subs as my bonus, though? <laughs> could, that would be sick. Get, we got 17 of them. We could get scrapped from like the other 16, but like, if we got a sub, you know what I mean? That'd be pretty cool. I we'll make our own nuclear island and we'll, uh, we'll ban Coke forever. But that's the story of how Pepsi be almost, it was, almost took over the world. That's buck wild. They cut up. Buckwild. It is Buckwild. <laughs> the fucking Soviet Union was just doing whatever the fuck they wanted. Who insane? There was there was there were meetings where the details of this were negotiated. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. But you anyway, know you know what else is negoti- nego- non-negotiable? Huh? My next segment, baby. Ooh. I have for you an article from what's what's quickly becoming a staple here on Segment City, the takeout.com. An article t- titled, uh, Jerry Seinfeld's Pop-Tart Movie is Really Happening. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What are you talking pop, 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 Pop-Tart? This one pop comes to us, uh, sub-headline, tax incentives are helping make the comedian's breakfast vision a reality. Oh, my God. Unsurprisingly the, mo- unsurprisingly, the movie biz is alive and well in California, and thanks to a bill signed last summer, the state is starting to lock in more big-budget productions. 
The bill doubled the amount of tax credits available to the TV and film industry from 330 million to 660 million. That may oh be slightly God. more. Con- what might be slightly more confounding is that one of the biggest movies chosen to participate in this tax incentive program is a multi-million-dollar movie about pop tarts. What's the <laughs> deal with the pop tarts movie? Are there rules and regulations of what could be funded? I think this is a big ad. It's a big <laughs> ad. It's. Emoji they forgot, movie, but more. They forgot. To, they forgot to ask placement. a single. They forgot to ask a single citizen who paid <laughs> paid for this Would out of their like own this? pocket. Yeah. What do, the fuck is it? Do you want? Do you want a movie from Jerry from uh, Jerry Seinfeld, known for a B movie, to do a pop tart movie? <laughs> I would love if they just went around and asked, "Is this something? Is it? Is this, is this good? <laughs> is this a bit?" Uh. Mm. Ugh, whatever. Jerry Seinfeld has, lo- <laughs> has long been telling a joke in his stand-up inspired by Pop-Tarts. Back in 2012, he broke down the what? structure of the bit for the New York Times. It's a joke that's been so successful for him throughout the years that it made it into his 2020 Netflix special, 23 Hours to Kill. In June 2021, Netflix greenlit production on the movie based on the Pop-Tarts joke. Has this ever happened based- before that they took one bit based on a joke <laughs> i can't believe this netflix has infinite money this this, this is, proves it this proves that netflix has infinite money i it's my brain okay my brain is breaking i because it's 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 cyclical it's cyclical it's a it's a joke <laughs> movie based on a joke that's making a joke movie that's based on a, <laughs> seinfeld is joke sponsored by the way it said joke <laughs> by pop I don't know. I can Kellogg has to be involved in some capacity, I imagine. <laughs> if we are in a post-capitalist hellscape <laughs> where comedians are selling joke space like fucking rentals, like is, is you this could an buy NFT? a joke. Is that what this is? The going rate on a Kevin Hart joke is good. It's pretty high. We could we could make at least a series out of that. Oh my god. Seinfeld oh. is directing, producing, writing, and starring in Unfrosted, a movie about a which he told Deadline was Unf- an idea based purely on silliness that transformed oh. into a giant crazy comedy movie. A giant oh. crazy comedy movie implies that it might not be the most faith- faithful biopics to the creator of Pop Tarts, if that's even what the movie is supposed to be about. There's little to <laughs> there's little about the actual plot here, just that it's the creation of the Pop Tart and it's based on the comedian's bit, which centers around how a young Jerry's mind was blown at the idea of a rectangular sugary breakfast treat. <laughs> if you told me, if you told me this, because I, I laughed at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I was going to get mad. Mm-hmm. I was going to get mad that this uh-huh, was You're the, descending the, into or, the layers of chaos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is based on nothing. This is worse than the emoji movie because hey, that they said look at emojis, emojis Seinf- about Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld like. made a whole career on a TV show based about nothing. So what? What did you expect? Could this be worse than B movie? Yes. <laughs> hey, B movie is great. Are you kidding me? A, a woman <laughs> falls in love with a bee. You That's- like jazz. <laughs> A, a man gets cucked by a bee. Is the plot of B movie? It's an insane. absolute shad of a man. <laughs> a giga it's, chat it's, of a man. It's ratatouille, except instead of a rat really wanting to cook, it's a bee really wanting really to want cook. To get it. <laughs> what a tagline. It's, <laughs> it's fucking, it's an insane movie. <laughs> I think I we're going to have to, we're going to have to go to see this one when it comes out. Well, whatever that is. Um, no, we don't. <laughs> what are you talking about? 
Well, it's being produced by Netflix, so it's not going to cost us anything more than we're. Let's get the fours together. We're going to have a full night. We're going to get. We're going to have black tar heroin. Heroin. We're going to just kill our world. Listen, we got a great movie in the '80s, which was based off of a board game, The Clue. So maybe this could. That's that was a different era. This in the meantime, we've had Battleship. Which is nothing. They, the Pop Tarts <laughs> movie is even more nothing. <laughs> if, if he, if he uh, really like fucking grossed Pop Tarts in it, like like John Oliver does to HBO and AT and T, then maybe. But like God, God help us. <laughs> I think so. Oh my gosh! Uh, One of my best parts about the Takeout.com are the, are the 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 faithful soldiers who come on here and deliver quality comments. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> from Fre- from Fredipus Rex, the comment, they're going to go wide on the Little Debbie cinematic universe from cringe shows to gritty <laughs> drama to pure adult com- uh, content. Little Debbie and her nutty buddy, Little De- De- Debbie, from Star Crunch to Starfucker. <laughs> Little Debbie's oatmeal cream pie. <laughs> hey, you know that, the cream pie it, uh, was filled with cream. Now it's filled with lead. <laughs> Oh, I should stop smoking some. <coughs> oh, I'm just, a, I'm a little girl. Anyway. And one more comment from Lord of the Ducks. Just what the world needs. The telling of a young Jerry sexual awakening at the hands of an anthropomorphic <laughs> toaster pastry. Oh, God. Very good. Very then, good. I can't, I can't wait. I can't I w- wait for this. We're going to wonder- watch it. We're going to, we're, we're going to have to do an episode of Movie Boys just for this. We're going to have to pull you- out the old, <laughs> the old title no, just for this. It's going to happen. Instant classic. Instant classic. We have no memory of any episode that we've done. We've we've said this to each other. The moment we hit, like, stop (laughs) on the recording, we forget. Our minds get wiped. But the I you know those like weird synchronicities in media where it was like when Bugs Life came out, there was also the movie Ants, Mm -hmm. which is another animated thing. And then like same with games. It was like Infamous in um, Prototype. Yeah. Yeah. But I wonder if they're going to do. A toaster strudel movie. <laughs> <laughs> now that they've seen the headlines, they're gonna be like, "Wait, they robbed our we headline." Could, we could do toaster strudels, maybe that would be, be, be pretty good. But anyway, from one thing under the category of humorous dark comedy to another thing well, under the category of right. humorous dark comedy, we are now going to go into Amazon erotica. Mm. Delve deeping into the world of Amazon erotica. Oh, this is a series of books. Mm. For people who don't know what Amazon erotica is, I go onto Amazon and I find the best sellers for erotica, and ooh, baby, they're always f- have wild they all, descriptions. They hit. <laughs> they hit. Well, hopefully, this one will hit. This is the Gang of Ghouls book series. <laughs> Gang of Gang- Ghouls by Eva Chase. Who put her her? I always love when they do a headshot. Like <laughs> somebody had to like get, honey. Can you? I'm gonna go up against the white wall, and could you t- just take a picture? I know there's no bad lighting <laughs> here. But can you t- I need it for Amazon. Um, this very highly rate. It has uh 1,300 reviews for this the first book. 1,300. Which that's is pretty good. It is pretty good. It's called The Stalking Dead. Mm-hmm. It, it has a pretty good cover, I gotta say. I, I I can send you the 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 image. All right. Of the the cover. Good production value here. Is that what we're looking at? Yeah, pretty. The, oh, all right. It looks like an actual, actual effort. Actual effort went into it. Yeah. Yeah. It it doesn't look 
like it has anything to do with zombies, which with a title like The Stalking Dead, I would expect. Well, here's the thing. Let's just get right into it. Kind of dead, straight up psycho, totally obsessed with her. I did a bad, bad thing. (laughs) Thanks to a blank in my memory, I'm not sure what that thing was, but it was horrible enough to get me locked up in the mental ward for seven years. I'm damaged. Put it on my forehead like the Joker. (laughs) Horrible enough that my little, little sister won't even speak to me. But when I'm released back into a town determined to rub my unknown sins in my face, the past isn't the only thing that's haunted me. It's not the only thing that's getting rubbed. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a, you don't normally go into the little risque. The four quote-unquote imaginary friends who made my childhood bearable barge into my life in a very real way. They're crude, criminally inclined, criminally inclined was a maybe you know i'm just throwing it out there maybe fraud have we we thought of have we considered arson it might solve our problems i'm I'm floating i'm I'm floating i'm not i'm I'm not suggesting i'm I'm floating i'm seeing the the temperature of the room testing the water maybe a little bit inclined maybe a little bit criminally inclined and more than a little unstable after years trapped in afterlife limbo all they want is to protect me worship me Avenge me. So they'll bludgeon, maim, eviscerate, tear a strip of havoc right through this sleepy town, even rise from the dead. This is an erotica, by the way. Yeah, (laughs) have we lost the plot here? Like, this is supposed to be an erotica. This sounds like it's just violence all the way down. Yeah. Uh, Maybe I'm still not all that sane either, because part of me finds them strangely appealing in ways very different from how I felt as a kid. This is how we're getting into it. Okay. And that's not the only strangeness stirring inside me. I promised myself I'd stick to the straight and narrow from here on. Really? I'm not sure about it. I don't think so. You're discussing crime pretty actively. Yeah, but what what if the only way to set things right is to get a little ghoulish? (laughs) What does that mean? What is getting a? What is? Could you tell me what getting a little ghoulish actually involves? Listen, if you love sarcastic heroines with unexpected powers, obsessive supernatural men who will do anything to defend their woman, and plenty of mystery and mayhem, dive right in. I guess I'm diving right in. I don't know. It's just I'll, to tell you. We're gonna dive right into book two: criminal spirits. This criminal? one has few oh, half no. of the number of reviews, but <laughs> the father, the son, and the criminal spirit. <laughs> I also love this one because she's like, "Can I get on the street and narrow?" And immediately it's like, "No, no, no. criminal spirits." <laughs> Not the only psychos in town. Falling for the ghosts of murdered gangsters who were your imaginary friends once upon a time. <laughs> I'll admit, it's a little unusual. Just a little teensy bit. Just, just a turd. But they're back and totally real. And it's hard to argue with their admittedly obsessive level of devotion. I think we should do crimes. We should do fraud. We should, I love you. but Do you, you guys want to sign up for a karate class together? We could go four times a week. Up. A timeshare, I know that's not criminal, but may you be fun. You want to move <laughs> in with me? 
unfortunately, they're... <laughs> I mean, everything about this is unfortunate. Unfortunately, their violent dedication isn't enough to bring down the powerful man who hurt my little sister. Oh. I have to take matters into my own hands. I just wish I had a better grip on this marshy magic I've developed in my discovered Excuse it myself. Excuse me, marshy magic sounds gross as hell. <laughs> I could gross. have dirty water shoot from my hands. <laughs> I think I can <laughs> manifest those, uh, what are they called? Cattails. I can get a cattail and I can trick people into thinking that they're corn dogs. <laughs> I call upon bog water. <laughs> I call upon a marshy witch. What do you want? I'm, I'm like a lesser bog witch. Oh, God, I'm she's gross. She's eh, nasty looking. Eh, oh, it's God. Small, Go back to the less water. Ugh. I don't know if there's actually, if there's synonyms, bogs and marshes. I think maybe. If that wasn't enough to do with, the guys are stirring up trouble, both in their search for their long-ago murderers and the past of the hosts they've taken over. Trouble that's arrived with guns blazing. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here, here to here rob the swamp. <laughs> and I still got that gaping blank in my memory. My past holds more secrets than I know. They just might shatter every hope I have for a happily ever after. So they don't... They imply that they take over people. I don't know if it's that or if it's like that scene in Ghostbusters where Dan Aykroyd's <laughs> pants gets taken off by a mm-hmm. ghost. <laughs> is that what that is? Yeah, it's it's implied fellatio, which mm. I didn't... It went right over my right head here, as a kid. Yeah, I'm like, he's taking his pants off. That's funny. Maybe it's give him a raspberry on his tummy. A little raspberry. Book three, grave misconduct. Psycho is as Psycho does. What I guess. Oh, what an Maybe. opening line. As if falling for the ghosts of four murder gangsters wasn't crazy enough. <laughs> <laughs> I had to one-up myself. <laughs> it turns out we've got a real-life supervillain on our hands. One with the mysterious powers that reach way farther than we could have imagined. Oh my what? god! What? Is it a bo- Is it the Marsh Witch? <laughs> is it Swamp I Thing? Is it Swamp I've Thing? Tell me if it's now. Swamp Thing. Blink twice if it's Swamp Thing. Blink, blink. <laughs> um, and that villain has torn my sister away from me. It's always about I'll the stop- sister. Yeah, I'll stop at nothing. You know what really gets me uh, hot and heavy? Kidnap sisters. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll stop at nothing to bring her back and see my men get the vengeance they deserve. It's just a little hard to win a war when you're not really sure what kind of monster you're up against. Who is this person? Who are we I fighting? Don't I don't know. Or how many or how many you're up against, for that matter. Would they, she has no <laughs> intelligence. Like, she she's just to like, ask who? I don't know who it is. What? I don't know how Where? many people are there. Yeah. They, for all I know, they could be like big giants, you know? I brought they my be marsh switches. I brought my bow staff. Is that gonna be helpful? <laughs> It'll get. It's you know what? It's good for crowd <laughs> <laughs> mechanics. It's also good for one on one. Remember so last good. book when you suggested I sign up for a karate class? I did sign up for one, and that's why I got my bow staff. If these this, I would not put it past it to have karate class as a like a whole arc. These, <laughs> these books are like 200, 300 pages. So this this is really like getting it down. Um, There's a whole new dimension of my own powers that I'm only just starting to uncover, one that could level the playing field. But what if tapping into it 
levels the playing field. <laughs> no, they doesn't what? say that. But that would have been a good bit. Um, what if tapping into it makes me much more of a monster as the pricks we're up against? This is the first time I've read pricks in an <laughs> Amazon book description. It's huh. a new huh. one. Weird. And last but not least, deathly delinquency. All of these. <laughs> Can you sense the theme? Also, all of them are a lady with uh, doing like sexy poses. She has tattoos. She has like platinum blonde hair and a mm. motorcycle and four balloons with like a, the like X'd out eyes and big smiles. Yeah, that's how you can tell They're she's badass. All the same. They're all the same cover. I don't know how anyone could like look at the covers and tell which one's which. They are all the same. That's how you can tell it's badass with those X's on the balloons and the motorbike. On the oh, well, when psychos fall, like Ozymandias. <laughs> what? St- <laughs> what? Gaze upon my psychos and <laughs> tremble. <laughs> oh God, I am. I have trembling. <laughs> when psychos fall, a, f- a whole family of monsters has menaced my home for far too long. These damn raccoons. <laughs> <laughs> in an, and in the battle to take them down, one of my one of resurrected gangst one of resurrected gangsters I love may have lost his life all over again. Hmm. To be fair, net neutral. Net neutral. Let's he was already honest. dead. He was already dead. Am I pissed off? Understatement of the century. My dead boyfriend died again. Come on. I'm mad. Uh- but my men have already survived one set of murders. I made it out of the loony bin and rescued my sister. We've proven we don't back down, even when maybe we should. <laughs> the first, like, little bit of, like, are we the well, baddies? Are, are we, we the fucking, bad ones? Are we crazy? Um, the villains have, have way more people, more money, and more power. You know what? That sounds like it's probably you're sounds gonna lose. like yeah. It sounds like you're gonna lose, right? They we don't know how many there are. We don't know how big they are. We don't know their <laughs> magic. <laughs> but whatever. But we're uh, badass. <laughs> we got this motorbike. Mar- I, mal- <laughs> I have four dudes that I already cast one resurrection spell, and he immediately died. So like, <laughs> so I need to be better with my spell slots. Yeah, and more power than we can wrap our heads around. But we've still got a few tricks up our sleeve. Can we expose them for what they are before they destroy more than we could ever fix? Yeah, probably. I mean, that's what... Maybe. What? You're the one with the book. I don't know. You gotta read the book. Oh, Eva Chase, you're really getting us with this. You're getting us. Gang of ghouls. If you got Kindle Unlimited. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I gotta sign up now, dude. You just gotta. Sometimes you do. Anyway, that is... The end of Amazon Erotica and the end of the podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode. If you have any fun goose gaffs or fun erotica, I guess, to send yeah. to us, send it to segmentcitypodcast at gmail.com. Hit up our Twitter at segmentcity, our YouTube segmentcity, and also look at our past episodes. Give us reviews. Give us ratings. We would love that. And I don't know, send it to a friend. Start at episode 100. That's the This American Life parody. We worked real hard on it. What a pitch. I might go listen to right now. Ooh. Ooh. It's pat, I did, st- stat padding a little bit. I, this is, I did force a, a friend who, uh, I haven't seen for a bit. It, it, it was like it's something that he would enjoy, but I did like end a great like multi-hour conversation by going, anyway, if you want to listen to my podcast. You gotta do it. <laughs> like, You'd love it. Please. And I was like, all right, bye. Like, as I was closing the, the door, I was like, oh, if you want to listen to this episode, mm-hmm. I'll send it to you. All right, bye. <laughs>
So that's how you that's organically how you, that's grow that's your podcast. That's how you work. You work in the streets. Yeah, you got to do it. But we uh, thank you to that person that I sent it to, but also thank you to somebody else in particular. Thank you to Rachel Robison. She was also involved in episode 100, if you didn't know. Yes, she was one of the voices. She, she's one of the voices. And she did yes. our intro music. We appreciate her. Thank you very much, Rachel. Yes, and now we shall go to the dark depths of Wikipedia list of unusual deaths. For people who don't know, we've been going through this list of the unusual deaths. Some are a little bit dour, <laughs> but some are very fun. Um, this one's, these two are so quick. They're like one line each. I'm just going to do two. Fire them off. This is 350 BC, or 310, sorry. Not 350, 310 BC. Antiphanus was a renowned comic poet of the Middle Attic Company. The Suda claims, which I presume is a person, uh, or no, it's a book. Um, cl- the Suda claims he died after being struck by a pear. <laughs> oh, That's good it. old. <laughs> wow. <laughs> really takes after uh, Newton. A, a fruit that is known for being kind of soft. It's either soft or it's the hardest thing in the world. <laughs> so you probably got hit by that. And last but not least, Agathocles in 289 BC, a Greek tyrant of Syracuse, was murdered with a poison toothpick. Mm-hmm. What a God. wild... Oh. Imagine the taster being like, this is unpoisoned, and you get through the whole meal, and you're like, oh, thank goodness. That I, I had this mission wheel. It's not poisoned. Let me just. Oh, oh, oh! That's a fun Hitman level, though. That would be mm. great. But anyway, thank you everybody for listening, and I hope you don't have any poison toothpicks. Although maybe I slipped one poison one into the new case you got. Good luck. It's out here, who's out here with toothpicks? Just go, go floss, you degenerate. <laughs> What a hard take for the end of the <laughs> podcast. Wait, I, I kind of want to interrogate this. I'm going to write this down Goodbye. and I'm going to interrogate you next episode. <laughs>